Hello listener, welcome to 2024 and welcome back to Switch. While the UK is in the grip of a cold spell, and the studio that we're recording in as well, England are getting ready to feel the burn on their tour of India. Test cricket has been on ice since the end of the ashes, but it's time to reheat the baseball stick and get back on the bandwagon for one of the toughest assignments in the game. Can Ben Stokes' team fight Bunsen burners with a flamethrower of their own, or will India's spinners take them to the cleaners once again? To discuss England's chances of pulling off another subcontinental heist, I'm joined by ESPN Cricket Info UK editor Andrew Miller and associate editor Vish Ihantaraja, one of whom can look forward to ditching the hat, scarf and gloves in a few days' time. <laughs> Good morning, chaps. Happy New Year and all that. Uh, after a steady diet of white ball, Miller, does the return of Test cricket give you that warm feeling inside? Oh, always, always, <laughs> yes, very much so. I mean... I mean, let's be let's be serious. It, 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 I love I'd love to be more more enthused about Test cricket at the moment. I mean, just looking at the the, the squad that West Indies have dispatched to Australia to get pummeled in the coming days <laughs> reminds you once again that, that that all is not well in in the Test world. And so I guess you know having had an excellent Ashes series that was was the two of the two of the best and most most funded teams in Test cricket going going hammer and tongs against each other. We're about to get a similar <laughs> hammer and tongs approach. I mean, you know, as you say, can Basball succeed in India? This is really what Basball's about, isn't it? This tour and England going out to Australia next year is basically what Basball's about. England want to try and compete overseas. They've been perfectly good at winning at home, or good enough at winning at home over the years. But winning in India is something they just don't achieve. I think they've won four matches out of 24 in the last 30 years, uh, two of which were on that tour uh, almost more than a decade ago now under Alistair Cook, which is the last time India were beaten on home soil. So can Baswell succeed in India? Well, if Baswell can't succeed in India, nothing can, let's face it. Um, yeah, they usually go out there and get pummeled playing their own game. They're going to try and play a different type of game. And whatever happens, it should be compelling, I think. I think Basball's stated aim is saving Test cricket as a whole. So, you know, perhaps we should be asking more about uh, Ben Stokes' view on the West Indies squad to Australia. Um, Vish, you've got your tickets booked and, I trust, your toiletries on order. Um, <laughs> firstly, you said some, that some did arrive this morning. So, so, yeah. I, I, I knew this would be a productive uh, line of inquiry. Something all our listeners will want to know. What is the one skincare product you can't do without for seven weeks in India? I think it's um, insect repellent, really. Okay. F- finding a you know finding one that won't um, you know trigger any uh, skin issues and things like that. Very important. That's mm-hmm. you know very very important, especially <laughs> when you're going all over India where you've got varying different climates. So uh, no no, I'm I'm looking forward to it, and I'm very much looking forward to not being bitten. <laughs> that, well, that is important. I'm not sure you can uh, rule that out, even with insect repellent. You know, watch out for the stray dogs and so on. Um, <laughs> Hyderabad from next Monday, of course. Um, the, the real question is, how many rounds of golf do England need to play to feel acclimatised in, uh, in that part of the world? They're, in of course, that, in Abu Dhabi right yeah, now. They are, so. yes. <laughs> yeah, and as I understand it, you know, training quite hard in the mornings and then the afternoons for golf. Um <laughs> It's it, you know I, I suppose we might as well yeah I feel like I'm taking over your hosting duties but, but a lot of the noise leading up to you know the start of the series has been about England not being in India early enough and uh, we'll get to that but, yeah you know yeah you... <laughs> so I mean you know it's very rarely you know are you in a situation where the, as a journalist if you get to um, you know the country where a test series is about to start. You'd assume the players have been there longer than you, and at least they fly. You know, they arrive into Hyderabad on the twenty-first on the Sunday, and that's when I leave London. So you know, maybe you know they're certainly getting there before me. <laughs> plenty of time, plenty of time to uh, to get up to speed. Um, yes, they are, of course, uh, preparing for five tests in seven weeks. Um, Hyderabad, Vizag. Rajkot, Ranchi, and Darren Shala and uh, Miller. Uh, I mean, the the size of the challenge. Uh, you've referred to the fact that the the last team to win in India Test series was England in 2012. Um, England, uh, India have lost uh, only three Tests since then. Not talking about series, Tests out of 46 played at home in that decade and a bit. Um, uh, Basball has pulled off. 
uh, miracles already uh, in, in, in its short lifespan. But um, this is this is uh, the acid test. This is what it's uh, the raison d'etre and so on. This is what it's all about. Uh, it is. It is. And you know, it might not work. It might not work. But <laughs> but I just can't. Again, when it comes when it comes to baseball and everything that has gone into the the whole mindset shift that England have undertaken. You can't fault them for trying to do do things differently. You and and you know that even as far as I'm concerned comes down to the preparation here. I mean, you know the one thing we know about cricketers in the modern age they play a lot of cricket. They play a lot a lot of cricket, and so you know there's been this ding dong recently with you know, Steve Harmison criticizing Ben Stokes for for you know how can England possibly go out there? They deserve to get spanked, and apparently they've cleared the air. And and Harmison said the one thing he's not going to say is I told you so. Which basically means he, I'm muttering around his breath. I'm going, to, I'm going to tell you so. But you know, I can see where England are coming from with all of this. It's not as if as several several of these players, let's face it, have got pretty recent experience of playing in India. Pretty horrific experience of playing in India during the World Cup. And I must admit, when England got battered in the World Cup, I was worried for what it would do to the basball bubble. Essentially, England have created a bubble around their test team, cocooned it from all circumstance. And it was a just a you know lift a chink, you know. Joe Root having a terrible tour out there. Ben Stokes obviously has injury problems. Found some form at the end, but you know, they just a, just letting a little bit of real world. Oh my God, India is a tough tour into the bubble, and now suddenly you're getting getting to England's build up here, which is yeah, back to yeah, sod it, let's not play any cricket, let's play golf, let's just let's just have fun, let's just go and you know these guys have played an awful lot of cricket, they know how to create a cricket ball, they probably know what areas to bowl at, they don't really need to practice this sort of stuff. Let's be honest, what they need is clear minds to face the toughest challenge they're going to have, and so. If this is the route they've chosen and they've decided to go in with no preparation but with absolutely clear minds and pretend that it's, you know, just as as they've been saying all along, you know, it's like I'm playing in the backyard, age six or whatever. Uh, I mean, that's, that's it's got to be an improvement to going out there feeling as though the world is against you, the conditions are against you, the food is against you, everything's against you, and you've got a defeatist approach from the outset and you get pummeled, which is usually what happens. So England might get pummeled. They might not get pummeled, and I'm I'm happy to take the, the 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 potential for a coin flip here is a lot better than the absolute inevitability of England getting squashed by doing the same thing as they've always done and doing it badly. Yeah, well, three years ago, England uh, went to India uh, in the sort of post-COVID, uh, the the bubble era, uh, and won the first test. One that one of the few times India have been beaten on home soil recently. Lost the series three uh, <clears> one, <throat> heavy uh, spin heavy um, pitches after that first game in in Chennai. Um, so we, we you know, a lot of those players um, will be involved this time, or, or even go back to twenty sixteen. I think it was when uh, they lost four nil in a five test series. A few players coming back from that as well. Um, I mean, not. I think Harmson said they deserve to lose five nil uh, because of the. Uh, the lack of, of of prep in country, obviously they're they're in um, they are in the Middle East at the moment. Um, Jeetan Patel uh, speaking, I think last week talked about it, it being you know a long tour, uh, and they want the energy and excitement levels to be high when they hit the first test. Um, Vish, uh, obviously, then the, the, there's some merit in in that, and and the approach that England have uh, succeeded for England over the the past year and a half. But it it's it's a five test series, and and even if you know a couple of weeks of kind of high spirits, they've got to sustain that throughout. Uh, I mean, that isn't just going to be about kind of winging it from uh, from next Thursday onwards and, and coming home with you know a, that rare series victory. Yeah, yeah, I, I think the as Miller said about the you know the basketball bar, bubble, and I suppose the fear during the World Cup that it might have been punctured. I think. They see this particular camp in the UAE as a chance to get everyone together and just remind everyone of what they achieved over last summer, which I appreciate was just a draw in the Ashes and then that one-off victory against uh, against Ireland. But certainly that good feeling around the group. I think what was interesting was um, you know a handful of uh, Test players who went to um, the UAE with the Lions, those those part of this Test squad who weren't involved in the World Cup. You know, a couple of them came away from it feeling like. They couldn't wait to get back. And a lot of that actually is because those players who weren't involved in the World Cup haven't played a lot of cricket. If you think of 
you know, Harmison's point about not not being there ahead of time, not playing the right amount of warm-up games. Quite a lot of those players have been playing up until fairly recently. I think the the player who's played most recently is Zach Crawley in the BBL, who played um, just a few, well, a couple of weeks ago. Mm. Um, and then you've got players like players who were in the Caribbean, such as you know Gus Atkinson, Duckett, mm-hmm. um, people like that. But actually, it's the you know it, it's the real um, red ball players who haven't had any anything whatsoever. You think of Anderson's last test was the last test of the Ashes. Ollie, Ollie Pope got injured during the. Lord's Test, then there's Ollie Robinson who didn't play after Headingley. Uh, Jack Leach obviously got injured during the Ireland Test, so didn't play that. And then Ben Folkes, mm. his last game was a county championship game for Surrey when they uh, confirmed the title at Hampshire. So you can understand why getting those players together and, and actually having a proper game, some kind of middle practice in Indian conditions would be effective. At the same time, without wanting to sound like an advert for the Abu Dhabi sports complex. They are, there are facilities there, which they have used before. They use them before Pakistan. They are essentially, it's designed to replicate any surface in the world. Um, you know, the, 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 um, the nets they have access to, and they are priming themselves essentially in this training um, period for a trial by spin. And I think the difference this time around is that, and, and Miller alluded to it before, but there is a sense that, they do appreciate that if they if the ball does spin from ball one, they've just got to suck it up and take it. And mm. I think that's actually one of the key ethoses that um, McCullum and Stokes have brought in because there was a sense going into Pakistan as well that, God, this might be really turgid, this is going to be awful. And every player to a man kind of towed the line of, you know, you, this is a kind of graph you have to enjoy you you have to enjoy finding new and ingenious you know genius ways of of getting twenty wickets. Now, this is going to be an altogether different mm. proposition. And while we don't know how a lot of pitches are going to play, I think you know reports in India um, over the last couple of days about BCCI sources and stuff like that is look we're going to play to our strengths and our strengths are our spinners. So that's what we're going to do, which is fair enough. And I think for the first time an England team, it sounds like are coming into this not necessarily wary of dark forces or anything like that or you know any kind of hijinks they're just going to deal with it and i think an important part of that is mccullum because what we know of mccullum certainly the the mccullum that england bought into that brand was created obviously a bit in new zealand or a lot in new zealand it's primarily created in india his you know his fan base his I suppose you know. I suppose some maybe some of his financial backers. They are Indian based. He knows what it's like to play cricket in that country, mm. and I think you know while also promoting you know a free mind and all that, will also be giving them cues on on how to play things out there, and not let them overawe you. The the IPL uh, Test series prep. This is essentially <laughs> what we're falling back on. Um, and and I mean the the, the nature of the pitches, Miller. Um, it's always going to be a talking point going to India. Um, we've uh, Rohit Sharma uh, had something to say a couple of weeks ago when uh, India won a, a real shootout on a on a uh, pitch in South Africa that was rated unsatisfactory, I think, and the, the new ICC terminology, um, and uh, you know, basically said people should stop complaining about Indian pitches and because that might be, we might be going to have some interesting games uh, coming up. Uh, just looking at since England's last tour there, so since 2021, uh, there have been five scores of 400 plus, uh, three of 500 plus, I think, and uh, 19 of 200 or fewer, mm. <laughs> and three of, of less than 100. So I mean, <laughs> the trend there is pretty clear. It's going to be very different to the Pakistan tour in that respect. I mean, uh, Think of think of the some some continent is sort of uh, very similar sort of potentially homogenous in, in conditions and spin playing uh, not a, a bit of part. it. But, uh, <laughs> they're, yeah, they're, I don't they're, we don't. I'm not expecting England to score six hundred, five hundred in a day as no. they began the tour in Rawalpindi. Uh, <laughs> no, but so but, but what, what we are expecting, I think, is England to just absorb some of the lessons that they had doled out to them last time they were in India because as we as we've alluded they won very handsomely in that first test on a flat pitch and then India turned up the spin settings which obviously got people got people's backs up but frankly home conditions is their is their prerogative as far as I'm concerned I've got no issue with that but it was the way not not only the way England played it but the way India and Rohit Sharma in particular played it I think is probably the most 
instructive thing that came out of that last tour as far as England is concerned. Because bear in mind, Basball, for want of an origin story, basically came out of that following year, England, by, by 2022, by the end of that year that, that included England losing, well, winning that first test, then losing, well, winning one of their next 17, yeah. was the origin story of Basball. And that started within India and what happened to England in India. And what in particular happened was Rohit Sharma in that second test, I think it was, he, he basically scored 80 runs in the first session off his own bat, 160 in the innings, which is pretty much as much as England made across two innings. And he was already playing, I, I remember there was a quote along the lines of, I, I wasn't playing the conditions, I, I, I was transcending the conditions essentially, or, or worse that effect, which is exactly, frankly, what England have tried to do with their batting ever since. They've, they've, not, they've not worried too much about what the ball's doing, they're just to, to, to quote Johnny Bairstow's immortal words after 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 the, his baseball origin innings at, at Trent Bridge is basically just watch the ball. It's, it's, it's do or die. The ball will come down. The ball is going to pitch somewhere. You're going to smack it. And if England can trust that on a pitch that you know like that 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 two day match in Ahmedabad on on the on was it the Black Soul or Red Soul? I can't remember. But basically it was it was like it was like put on red or black. I mean England were going to lose either way in those in those conditions. But if England had played baseball on that pitch in that two day match, I reckon they could have won it. I reckon they should have won it. I mean the other the other thing about cranking up the spin settings is it brings in spinners who aren't actually as good as India spinners. Joe Root got five for eight, as, as, yeah. as, as you wrote in your piece with, with him. And Joe Root's going out there. He's a very, very effective spinner. He's got more wickets than pretty much the rest of England's attack put together. But he's, he's not Ashwin. And yet, given conditions that are going to spin, he could be. I remember Michael Clarke in another match that, that, that uh, Australia won in that 2004 tour. He took six for nine, I think, didn't he, at yes, Mumbai? Mumbai yeah. You know, when, when India tried to over-tweak the settings... They can bring in players or bring in spinners in particular who aren't actually as good. As long as you can hit your length, the ball will pop, the ball will bounce, the ball will skid, the ball will do weird stuff. So there's, if England can go in with an open mind about these conditions, which is exactly what we're talking about, they, they, they're going to just go in and not, not complain, just, just see ball, hit ball. I think they've got a chance here. It doesn't, it doesn't mean they're going to win, but it does mean I think it's much more likely they're not going to lose in the ignominious fashion that they usually do in, in, in these conditions. And, and that, again, goes for what might happen if they take basketball to Australia in two, two years' time. It, it, the same principle will apply. England have been here so often and done their, their thing so often and got routed so often. If they're going out doing it a different way, I mean, that's got to be an improvement to doing the same thing over and over again in, in the definition of madness, essentially. And, and entertainment is the name of the game now, uh, of course. Um, talking about India, sort of, uh, well, the conditions in India and how that can perhaps level uh, the playing field a little, little bit. Their, their most recent defeat um, came uh, last year, 2023, at home uh, in, uh, in indoor outdoors but uh, <laughs> against Australia <laughs> where um, Nathan Lyon and, and Matthew Kuhneman shared 17 wickets so I mean that's a uh, Matthew Kuhneman a player that you know uh, doesn't have a extensive first class record um, Vish when he was uh, brought onto that tour um, alongside Todd Murphy two two spinners that their their experience and so on is probably not dissimilar to the group that England are taking. Um, I mean, you spoke to Graham Swan, I think, before um, before that Lions camp, and he's going to be working with them, uh, with, with the spinners again as a consultant, I think, out in India. Um, we we touched on it a bit at the time of the squad announcement, but I mean, uh, Jack Jack Leach will be the the, the spearhead there, the the leader of the the spin attack but Rayan Ahmed Tom Hartley Shoa Bashir got 39 first class appearances between them obviously Rayhan has played a test um, but and, and we're probably not expecting to see a lot of Shoa Bashir in test whites at least as the, the tour starting out and, and by the end by the end he will be leading the line go, don't they? <laughs> until it goes pear shaped um, but I mean is do you get the sense that they have sort of Picked the uh, the best of the bunch, uh, and that they can uh, they've got the, you know talked about attributes and so on, and, and what players can bring to uh, the group rather than you know what they are lacking in terms of experience, um, and then 
with Swan's influence potentially, obviously key to the that 2012 series win. Um, uh, England have a shot on that front if the pitches are going to turn. Well, I mean, when you consider it in, in Miller's terms, which is the right way to consider it, rather than bowler versus bowler, rather than mm. setting up, you know, Axabatel, Ashwin, and mm. Jadeja next to what England have, yes. which is isn't really the case. You know, it, it's not like. You know, it's not strictly. They're not going to be rated on doing the same things, are they? <laughs> exactly. It's how the other batters um, approach them. I think the... It's the batter's footwork that's going to be more important. Exactly that, yeah. I mean, I think Swan is, pro- Swan is with the Lions and there's not necessarily too much crossover. Was Swan on Strictly? Did he, has he yeah, that, that sounds yeah. about right, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, It'll be fine then. <laughs> <laughs> but the... Um, I think what's, what's going to be really interesting is the consistency of selection. Now, you can't imagine England playing more than two seamers on, on any surface they get or any, or any venue, which means the seamers are more likely to rotate that than the spinners. Because on paper, at least, you know, a, a three-pronged spin attack of Jack Leach, Rehan Ahmed and Joru, while also, um, you know, underrated, not so much underrated, but I suppose underexposed at the moment, but Rehan Ahmed's batting is something that um, could definitely do a job, especially in a more positive um, way as well. That three looks like it has everything on paper. Off breaks, left arm, bit of wrist got, spin in there as well. Yeah. Especially considering that you know we've seen Root over the last eighteen months, certainly under Stokes, he's not only bowled a bit more, but he's been able to do a few different jobs. And I think there is there is scope there for for some success. I suppose ultimately with with Root you have a consistent pick throughout, as with Leach. And I suppose the only the only way you'd entertain Shobashir and Tom Harley if is if you know with all due respect things go awry. But I suppose they they are, they are also two examples of what England took from that twenty twenty sorry twenty twenty one series, whereby you know it was all about trajectory it was not necessarily mm. the balls that were spinning big it was the ones that were going on with the arms so mm. having you know the big turners once are in the mind you don't actually need to do much to dismiss a batter yeah it's interesting because rob key made a point of saying that that show was very like um axel patel yeah. when he when he was when he was describing the attributes that he brought to the game he said well he he will deliver the ball he will come as you mentioned a trajectory will be very AXA-like. Yeah. Which, you know, obviously he's 19 or whatever. You know, there's no way, or who knows, it may be a way, because he's got a repeatable action. If he can get into the mindset of of dropping the ball on that length that on a responsive pitch and letting his attributes come to the party, there's no reason he couldn't do what Rayhan Ahmed did on debut and, and come through in a, in a permissive mindset of a team that's going to going to get around their, their youngster and, and lift him and give him wings. You know, the, these, are, these are things that, that the... The psychology of the of England's test approach can can actually transcend. You know, suddenly being being inexperienced, being youthful, being being optimistic is actually an attribute that that is not about being naive or being yeah. being being yeah. a promotion above your station. Those are those are the, the the negative connotations that you will not hear a word spoken of in 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 within that particular dressing room so you know they, there's no way they would have picked him unless they thought he will play much as Rahan was picked with express ambition of him being able to play a test as he did so effectively in Karachi so it's fascinating I mean you know all we've seen is is that footage of him uh, beating Alistair Cook a couple of times and for Somerset versus Essex I mean yeah. that, that's literally all we know about him uh, except as mentioned, he's he's tall. He's got a good action, and he will give it some give it some action from from a high trajectory. I mean, it's it's a start, isn't it? Yeah, and also not to be. I'm not saying this to be dismissive of Bashir and Tom Harley, but I think there is an importance in having two bowlers who broadly replicate the release point and I suppose um, height of say Ashwin and Axar Patel. I mean, I think. I was going to, you know, with, I don't want to do them down by calling them glorified net bowlers, but they're certainly very important parts of the wider squad here because of that reason. And I'd also say the biggest thing that we've seen under Stokes in the field are the field positions. Mm. And one of the things it feels like England often get wrong, in part because there's so much going on that minds get frazzled and this, that and the other. We see a lot of really quite tame fields 
out in the, especially when the going gets tough, you know, a lot of sweepers and then, you know, it doesn't matter how many you have on the boundary when Rohit skips down and launches you over the top. I think the, I think that might be, that, that, that's a, a real point of um, sort of pressure that England can, can look at and, and apply some of their own pressure. Because if you think about how India play, mm-hmm. in, India batters play in India, there is, there is a level of comfort there. There's also a level of everyone has their own little thing. It's like it's an incredible India batting lineup, but you always get the sense when someone comes in, they see it as their turn to flex what it is about themselves and makes them so great. And I suppose you wouldn't necessarily call it ego because it is justified, even though I suppose ego does come into it. But it's fascinating to see how the different plans England have for the different batters, because Rohit is always going to go over the top early. Why not put someone back there? Why not ask him to play that shot? And I think England have done that quite well over you know the years. And, and take an extreme example, Rohit obviously obviously a brilliant hooker. Travis Head, you know, I don't think he got one in his half of the first three tests, did he? Mm, Stuff like true. that, like it's you know they, they'll take someone going at seven and over if it means you've seen off Rohit Sharma inside the first twenty overs of a test. Yeah, like again, that. and that was that was something a fascinating little subplot of that Chennai victory was the the duel that obviously much missed now R- R- Rishabh Pant's um, versus Jack Leach in that first test. Yeah. When you know it was still Root was captain, but but it was still Leach was finding some purchase from outside the left handers off stump, and England thought, well, that's the best way to get him. And he went for 77 in eight overs. But there was absolutely nothing that Leach was doing wrong in that particular duel. It just so happened that England needed to get this bugger out. And the best way to get him out was to was to get him out, hoist him by his own petard. Do you want to have a have a honk down to deep mid-wicket? Yeah. Go for it. He nailed it most of the time. I think he got out to Leach in that fashion in the second test. But the point is England were happy, even pre-Basball, with 548 on the board or whatever they had. They were happy to, you know what, we've got runs to play with. Let's just get him out. And England have been incredibly, incredibly successful at getting people out. I mean, I, I was crunching the numbers again. Of all the available wickets under Basball, I think they have bowled their opponents out in 30, 33 out of 35 innings since May, June 2022. The only ones that have got away, obviously famously Edgebaston, when when they, they lost by two wickets, so they got eight of them. And then the, the what-if... Uh, Old Trafford when they were five down and then two days of rain. So England will be going into the series assuming that they are going to be able to take 20 wickets in every single test because they have got proof of, of proof of method all along. It really then comes down to can we get enough runs on the board in difficult conditions? The best way to do that is probably plant the dog and just lump the ball as much as, as hard as you possibly can for as long as you can and trust the fact that your mindset will get enough on the board. You know, these guys are pretty good at white ball cricket. These guys, for all that they had a terrible World Cup, <laughs> yes, they got sweet. they got there in the end. It was too late to make up the distance. But by the end of that World Cup, when, you know, Ben Stokes was, was starting to starting to tee off, they were getting there in their in their mindset of, you know what, these are these are conditions we're actually quite familiar with. We've been here a lot, albeit not in test cricket. We can score runs in these conditions, even if it's only 50 overs. We only bat 50 overs. If you can bat 50 overs and get 300 on the board, you're in the game, aren't you? That's the plan. Um, Jack Leach uh, hasn't played a test since since Lords, that, that Ireland game. Um, but according to Swan, he looks ripped like Ken from Barbie. <laughs> 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 um, I mean, uh, we've talked about before about how Stokes, uh, and, you know, his management of Leach, um, how effective that has been, but um, in, in, with, given the spin resources England are taking, and this is a, a, a particularly um, significant challenge for him, a test for him. I mean, we know he's taken wickets in that part of the world before. Well, uh, Jack Leach, yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's a long time since he's been been involved. So, um, yeah, given given that injury, is he's going to, you know, it's a, it's a second coming, third coming for him now. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, he, he's, you know, back back in the day when England went out to um, Sri Lanka 2018. I mean, mm. again, you know, I, I, my ears pricked up when you mentioned the variety of options that England are going to have. They're going to have a, they're going to have a, a leg spinner. They're going to have a right arm. They're going to have a left arm, which is exactly what they, under total cricket. And, Moeen, Rashid and... Mo- uh, yeah. And Leach. Yeah. So, you know, he's he's been in a, he's been in a, a lineup that has been spin-led, Previously, England won 3-0 on that tour. 
and as you say, the the the, the, the variety of spin, the, the right option for the right moment. Rashid famously, you know, he didn't play a lot of test cricket, but on that tour, he would come in and just bowl a few leggies towards the end of the innings and maybe get two for not very many. He didn't bowl as many overs as the other two, but maybe that would be Rehan's job to come in and mm. mop up the tail mm. and just bowl the wicket-taking balls after the other two have have held the line to a to a greater, greater or lesser degree. So, you know, he's he, he's he is clearly a man who has got, as you say, Stokes's backing. Stokes has decided pretty much from the moment that he got his one-not out at Headingley in 2019 that this is his man. You are, you, you know, that, 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 that unique, that union was, was, you know, blood brothers after, after coming through, coming through that, you know, whatever, whatever Leach goes through on or off the field, he always have that knowledge that, that the main man in England's test team looked to him and thought, yeah, you're, you're my man. It's like, the, 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 you know, it's, it's so much, so much psychology and so much, Gubbins goes into, into what England do with Basball. But essentially, it's about looking each other in the eye and just thinking, are you here for me? Yes, you are. And, and that is, I suppose, Leach's most prized attribute in this team is that he knows he's got the absolute confidence of his captain. And, you know, there aren't many England spinners down the years who've been able to say that, to be perfectly honest. And I think the, the other important part of this is while he, while he was injured for the Ashes, I think there were a few times where he was down at training, they definitely tried to keep him involved. And from Ben Stokes, you know, refusing to drop a man back to him, to the way Leach just sets his own fields now and knows exactly what's asked of him, I think this is a good chance for him to to step up and, you know, for one tour only, be the leader of the attack in, in many ways. And I think this all, you know, it sounds like he's been building up to this particular tour, you know, once he realised he couldn't make the Ashes, that this was always at the forefront of his mind. And, and being a prominent part of not just... England's 11 but also just the squad generally has been a key part of that you know there's a lot of talk about his how he's you know one of the most engaging personalities in the squad how you know everyone loves him and I think there's maybe a, a part of him which feels like right you know new year a whole new challenge that this is his time to step up I mean it should be fascinating watching so long as we can watch it the broadcast deal <laughs> for the UK uh, don't think has yet been uh, agreed um I mean the, f- the final thing to say just just before we move on mm. as I said the final thing to say is it, it it is listening back to this at the end of the tour when England have got crushed it's going to sound wildly and preposterously optimistic this the sort of chat we've been having but you've got to imagine that this is the, the same chat that England are having at the moment that we can do this. This is not mission impossible. This is, this is, this may be the final frontier. But I don't believe that this psychology within that dressing room will be anything other than we're going out here to win, and that is such a different approach that that this team are taking. And therefore, even if they do fail, I think it'll fail broadly on their own terms. I think you know they they will lose. I imagine a test or two or three or four or five, but. I would not imagine they will go down wandering, which is what has happened so often on 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 these these tours into forbidding territories that um, that they so often get lost in. And then, if the conditions are stacked against them, then you might say that morally they uh, <laughs> be the well, quite. Um, <laughs> we've we've had sort of six months without uh, any Test cricket, for, you know, for England. Um, they play 17 tests in, in, in 2024. So talking about the schedule and, and, and how they prepare for it, it kind of you, there's, there's quite a, a good case to be made for you know just pitching up and doing your thing. This is really the one that matters, though. I think it's fair to say you got a home summer, which is um, Sri Lanka Dreadful. and West Indies, <laughs> uh, not one to set the pulses racing, uh, and then another tour to Pakistan, uh, and, and then a, a Christmas trip to, to New Zealand. So I mean, in terms of uh, yes, the sort of focus for Basball in, in 2024, um, this next couple of months, is it? Well, it is. I mean, you know, every day of the Basball revolution, for want of a better word, there's been someone popping up saying, I'll oh, wait till they come to such and such. Wait till they have to go and do this on a on a, on a a Turner in Bradgecott or whatever. It's like, well, yeah, they're coming now. <laughs> yeah. This is, this is, this is, this is, this is it. This is, this is what's, what we've been building up to, you know, there, there, there will have to be a proof of proof of the pudding in one one way or the other. Um, it may all collapse like a like an overbaked souffle, but um, 
I hope not. I think for the for the good of for the good of the game, I think it's important that this is a an engaging and and entertaining series. And I think it I think it will be because I certainly don't think England are going to be boring in in victory or defeat. <laughs> and I'm sure it will comfort uh, Johnny Grave and the CWI board to for, to to know that England and uh, and India, the big three, are playing another engaging series. Um, <laughs> and they really are. I mean, talking about doing it on a cold night in Stoke or whatever. Um, I mean, Vish, you, you'll have, your travel plans, I'm sure you're well aware. You, some of this is right out in the boondocks. Uh, we're not, you're not going to Mumbai, Chennai, uh, the, the big centres. Um, Rajkot, Ranchi, Vizag. Uh, what's, 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 uh, I was, I was going to say, what, what's, your, um, what's your pick? But I suppose up in the, the, the mountains is going to be a good one to get to. Yeah, I suppose. Although if it's, if it's you know if England are four 0 down, <laughs> actually maybe a bit of spirituality will help at that time. Yeah, yeah. they moved it from Damshire, didn't they? Last when uh, the Australia tour the, that test got moved, so you, you never know. You might end up. Uh, yeah, in... <laughs> I think they are planning to do Mumbai. I think it's tentatively penciled in for that break between the fourth and fifth test. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, but it won't won't be quite the same. But you know they're. That's why they're getting all their fun in early, aren't they? <laughs> in in Abu Dhabi, so they can, you know, if they're not allowed out, they're not allowed out. But yeah, well, I, I think the, I think that in itself will be will be interesting because I think it, yes, it adds to the unknown in terms of um, you know venues. I suppose you know, case in point, India's last test in Hyderabad, which is where the first test is, was in 2018 against West Indies. So there aren't really too many learnings you can you can take from that if you really if you really thought through it. But that's also got to be quite exciting as well. Yes, they're preparing for for Turners, but you know, there's there feels like there is more uncertainty for a home team as well than there would normally be in a situation. Well, it's all setting up nicely, um, and you know, as ever with uh, the English off season, it's it's not exactly quiet out there. There's <laughs> uh, there's T Twenty leagues uh, with uh, with plenty of um, uh, participation uh, going on. Around the world, and there's also quite a lot of rumbling back in the shires, uh, Miller, mm. um, and and uh, you know some of the, t- the topics that we we love to delve into, um, racism in the, <laughs> and, and, and the ownership structure of uh, of uh, uh, counties and, and the uh, the shape of the season to come. But a couple of big things in the last uh, week or so: um, the impending return of Colin Graves. Uh, at Yorkshire, uh, which is obviously big news, um, and, uh, and talk coming out of Hampshire about um, discussions involving uh, the sort of majority shareholder. Um, Hampshire a bit different to most counties in, in the, uh, that they are uh, a sort of private company rather than the members uh, being in control. Um, and Rob Brownsgrove there in discussions with IPL ooh, shut up, <laughs> uh, IPL owners about maybe um, transferring some of uh, his shares or all of his shares. Um, I mean, the, start with uh, with Yorkshire as uh, we always should at the forefront of our minds. But um, Colin Graves is set to come back as 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 chair. It seems as an EGM on February the second. Um, Graves. Obviously uh, linked uh, with the previous regime and all that's gone on there, and all, all we've talked about in terms of, as in Rafiq's revelations and 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 beyond at the club. And um, I mean, uh, what's your view on Graves' apology uh, and the and the ability for the club to move on with all the associated baggage that is is going to come back through the door um, if he is the man to rescue them from this parlous financial state that they're in well it, i mean he is the man to rescue them and that that is that is the trouble they they they, they have backed themselves into a corner uh, for all sorts of reasons we'll come to in a minute but in terms of that in terms of your first question there the the statement the the apology it was all right as a, as apologies go it felt like he it felt like he ticked the boxes that were necessary i mean um taha wrote an uh, taha hashim wrote an excellent piece in in the guardian the other day which was basically Acknowledging the fact that that Graves has 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 said the right things, which you know semantics are you can get bogged down in them, but fundamentally he was acknowledging that the club is not the same as it was when he left it. There have been learnings have been learnt and 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 things have moved on, and but fundamentally the the reality is that the game has got to go on, and it seems that the only way that the game can go on in the current 
model, and this is where things get complicated, is by inviting him back. Because it seems that, you know, the Yorkshire have been talking the talk about him about having 350 different parties interested in buying it out, you know, from, from um, Mike Ashley through to Saudi investment funds and all the rest of it. <laughs> But fundamentally, it was it was hidden in the small print of of, the, of Harry Chatley's statement the other day. It was basically saying that um, you know the, the 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 only way to retain the membership model that Yorkshire so craved was to go back to Colin Graves. And uh, you know, on one level, it's laughable. Really, you've got all manner of upheaval that the club's been through. Everything we know about where the club was and and the and the turmoil it's been through. And suddenly, you 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 you, you basically you circle the wagons and talk to the members. So members, how are we going to deal with this? Oh, I don't really want, don't really want to sell out to those guys. Let's, let's bring back the bloke we know. It's you know, it has very Tory party vibes to be perfectly honest. And you know, cricket is, an, is a pretty Tory sport, and Yorkshire is a pretty Tory county when it comes to cricket. And you know, it's a bit like uh, you know, the Conservative Party will churn through God knows how many bloody leaders because they they refuse to go to a, go to the public to ask who should be the leader. They turn to turn internally. Who ask the members? Ask ask ask. Joe Bloggs and 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 fellows on the, on the committee. Just who who do you think who do you think should take over? Oh, we better go for one of our own, shouldn't we? Probably probably better. They come up with Liz Truss. <laughs> exactly. So you know, Colin Graves. I think certainly to to judge by his his financial nas, you know, he made money as opposed to losing billions. So that's that's a good that's a good tick in his box. And you know, let's face it, Yorkshire owe him or his family trusts uh, nearly fifteen million. Uh, and so you know, there there was always that flying the ointment that you couldn't just pretend that this money wasn't relevant. Colin Graves basically saved the club from bankruptcy in 2002 and by hook or by crook or, or, or that's probably not the right word, but by, by whatever by whatever means they've reached, they've, um, they have ended up with a situation where Colin Graves has got to save the club from bankruptcy again. Um, but the interesting thing, and this leads into the, the wider problem with English cricket at the moment, is that uh, having seemingly used the system to his advantage to get back in he's now talking about converting the membership model into a plc just like they got down the rose bowl the point is the, the real politic of cricket is is hurtling towards every single county at the moment um it, yorkshire as the as the most storied county in english cricket is probably one of the most important to get right English cricket cannot be strong without Yorkshire being strong. And it's a cliche, but it's also true because they're huge. They've got the most clubs. They are absolutely fundamental to the health of the sport in this country. So you could not countenance a world in which Yorkshire went bust. It's just it's just not in the interests of the sport at any level. But what, what we what we what we got now though is is the the worry for as far as I'm concerned is the the land grab of the big counties is starting to encroach. You've, you've got Surrey, who were obviously the big stick in the muds when it came to the 100 back in the day. But all of a sudden, they, 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 they're Ollie Slipper, their, their chairman, is, is, is sort of sort of warm to the theme of, yeah, we're the, we're the, we're the, we're the daddies around here. We are the big big boys. You know, Surrey they've invincibles. Had, they've had their cake and eaten it They've too, had their cake and they, they yeah. demolished their cake. And now they're, now they're sounding a bit like a Death Star. They're just sort of looking around and, you know, who, 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 can we, who can we blast out the water and be the biggest club in the world? They want to be the, you know, I've always talked about the Manchester United of cricket, but they, they're, they're looking bigger than that now. They, they, they want. They want. They, they, they've got eyes. Eyes bigger than the, than the rest of the game. MCC, likewise. Mark Nicholas was talking about MCC taking over London Spirit and becoming mm. becoming. And a, a MCC club. aren't even a club. They aren't the even a club. The county but championship. This but, is the trouble. You end up with with Middlesex. <laughs> history. Flip the side. Yeah. Flip side of the of the of the tale is you end up with Middlesex, who are who are basically the tenants, the paupers in this. You know, nobody. You know, if you're scanning around the counties over over the past past how many years and you, you who's the first club that's going to go bust no one would have picked Middlesex because they looked like they were they were quite comfortably ensconced in Lords and you know mm. no no overheads but the fact they got no overheads is their biggest downfall is like you know the, the, the bricks and mortar nothing, of cricket nothing yeah, it's absolutely no, no, fundamental no mortgage, to yeah. to the health of it if you own bricks and mortar like Surrey do or MCC do or Yorkshire if they can get their money back out of graves and and reinvest it and you know all the money that may come out of the hundred Suddenly, you've got all of these big boys all over the all over the shires who are going to be genuinely huge, and you've got uh, the rest who are just looking over the parapet thing. Is there anything left for us? You've got you know, there's chaos in Sussex because Hampshire down the road are, are just 
sweeping up their young players. Worcestershire are too close to Warwickshire, so they're getting absorbed. Essex, God knows where they go. They've already lost well, Dan Lawrence. <laughs> you know, yeah, they've been picked off. The, they've been picked the, off left, right, and centre. So, you know, to come back to the, the original point, it was about Graves. But it's as far as I'm concerned, it's, it's all about the positioning of cricket in this country. Who, who calls the shots? And fundamentally, it's the people who have got the power already call the shots in cricket, which has always been the case. And I, and I suppose, uh, Vish, it comes back to money um, and uh, whether it's Rod Bransgrove talking about um, selling his his uh, chunk of Hampshire or or the um, the hundred and and you know how that is structured. Uh, this season it will be the same, but the, the ECB are trying to get in place. You know. Uh, um, Gould, uh, Richard Gould and, and Richard Thompson kind of the plan for, for taking that competition forward and most of it seems to revolve around where equity you know where where, where money comes where investment comes from and whether that's giving um, equity back to some of the counties or the host counties which sort of goes to Miller's point about uh, I- increasing the power that uh, the Oval the Aegeus Bowl um, yeah. Old Trafford and so on Um <clears throat> The counties based uh, those grounds have um, whether there's further IEPL investment or whether it's hedge funds or whatever all things that we like to hear more of uh, involved with the, with the county game I mean there are no, there are no easy answers whenever we discuss this this sort of subject but um, it, it kind of really feels as if 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 the county game is is in in a is in a bit of a spot um, in terms of what the you know what the the, the right way forward is what what is gonna uh, please the most people but uh, you're never gonna get that I suppose uh, you know th- th- this summer will probably look, will look broadly like the last one but beyond that it's kind of all up for grabs in a sense well you say there are no easy answers but but actually there was you know you're going to tell us you're going to tell us what we should all do well no <laughs> but it's but. <laughs> This was always how it was going to play out. I think the one thing that I've been surprised by is that with this talk of giving equity to, say, the host counties of the 100 teams, I don't really know how you can do that, considering that they're all supposed to be affiliated with, say, at least two other clubs in their area. Otherwise, it doesn't quite work because it's not necessarily... So, you know, so what you're talking about there is the fact that there is, you know, ECB and, say, county ownership of a 100 franchise, which they're saying it's going to be 50-50. Mm. But that 50 doesn't necessarily entirely belong to Surrey, or at least it's not supposed to. Mm. Now, while they while they do get the, the money the, for... The board system of, of well, exactly. Surrey, yeah. Kent, and, and, you know, yeah. uh, whichever three it is for yes, open yeah. principles. And so, 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 so a great example of this, and it brings in brings in Yorkshire as well. Yorkshire were the were providing the majority of the board, quote-unquote, for Northern Superchargers. Mm. Now, when Yorkshire were going through their investigation because of you know systemic racism that was put against them by the ECB Durham then assumed that responsibility so Marcus North has been basically been acting in that role for the last couple of years now fast forward you know a year or so down the line <laughs> is that necessarily Yorkshire's to sell it probably isn't really and and also with this Yorkshire takeover say that Graves wants to make it a PLC does he then assume that bit of the 100 as well there are so many little issues here that, are, that basically need to be untangled but at the same time, you know, this is what people were talking about, maybe actually to a lesser extent when they thought, you know, these counties that are going to be hosting 100 venues are going to be more attractive for players because, you know, the coaching staff is in there. As I mentioned before, the board are aligned with those counties by and large. And therefore, you know, when they're, say, offering a young player a contract, they also say, by the way, you know, play for us now. And, you know, only an idiot would look at the makeup of these 100 teams and not recognise, oh, that's really weird. There's a lot of Lancashire players mm. playing for Manchester Originals. How odd, yeah. <laughs> um, a lot of Surrey and Ken players playing for Oval Invincibles. I just think the... And it is all about, you know, county power. Bear in mind, you know, there are a lot of things, that, for example, Andrew Strauss in his review after the, um, the last Ashes series down under tried to put in place were essentially batted away because the counties to a point banded together. Now, I don't necessarily think they should dismiss these out of hand, but I definitely think they should band together and, you know, go to the ECB and go forward with a proposition of, of making it a bit more equitable. Because you know that the through hosting and ticket sales and this, that, the other, and marketing to a point that those host counties are going to make 
a decent wedge, regardless of where that money comes from, whether it's from the IPL or, as you mentioned, you know, um, any other source. But this is a, this is an opportunity to we can see where it's going to go, and it's going to go there quite quickly in the short term, anyway. I think the counties need to be a bit smarter and all that because you yeah. already hear about some counties talking about, oh, you know, if we, if we hold on to our position here, then we're going to get. 30, 50 million down the line. We just need to, you know, hold firm, you know, keep our heads above water and then, you know, then we're laughing. But got to be a... a yeah, so, 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 so true. I mean, the collective bargaining of the counties is going to be absolutely fundamental to the future of English cricket as far as I'm concerned because we are at such a fragmented point in the game. We only, you only need to look at what's happening in the test arena to realise what happens if you don't collectively bargain your asset. You know, we are... You know, we touched on it a couple of times, but the West Indies squad to go out to Australia is an absolute disgrace, to be perfectly honest. It's not a disgrace. No, there's no slight on West Indies. They, they, they can't be blamed. They are completely powerless in in the the state of the state the game has been allowed to get to. But to send out, what, seven uncapped players to Australia of all the places and, and expect them to be able to even even land a blow on any of those players is 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 preposterous. But if this is where... And it's obviously South Africa's tour. South Africa's, Africa's tour as well. I think that's worse. Yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah, totally. But the it's trouble is... competition that's eating into it. The trouble is, the trouble is, this is the problem that, will, that English cricket will face if it doesn't remember that Middlesex, voiceless, powerless Middlesex, that, that is probably going to get given a share of 50, grand, 50 million and, and won't know what to do with it because it's nothing to invest in, is as important to the health of the game as Surrey, the, the Death Star. You end up with you end up with such inequity that that will eat away at the 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 most fundamental selling point of English cricket, which is the broad base of the opportunity. The fact that you could play for any one of eighteen counties and potentially further afield and be recognised. You know, Josh Tung, a good example, a guy who who was playing second division championship matches for Worcestershire and suddenly gets fast tracked to a test team because he was sufficiently noticeable at that level, to be given a chance. You're not going to get that if it's only Surrey and MCC, say, playing in a, playing in a, in a, in a global fight out with, with, I don't know, Delhi, Delhi Capitals and whoever else, someone from Melbourne, say. I mean, you know, it's not, it's not going to be, it's not going to be the way that you can grow the game if you, if you end up fragmenting. And so, yeah, you've got to, you've got to remember, I suppose, you know, just to, just to pivot to football, you look at the the problems football's having at the moment with it with its um uh, it, the, the financial sustainability regulations that, that mm. Nottingham Forest and Everton are falling foul of FFP is FFP, it? but there's some 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 other acronym that, that that is more pertinent to where they're at at the moment. But essentially, they those rules exist to ensure that the Premier League remains. Balanced. You, you you can't just pump money in and expect to expect to be able to spend two hundred fifty million pounds in a in a in in some transfer policies and not be judged by by your returns on it. It, it means, of course, that teams like Manchester City are out of sight. But I think we're already in that position in cricket, where Surrey, for instance, are going to be out of sight. MCC, if they decide to reinvest their fortunes. Are probably going to be out of sight as as you know two two massive teams with English cricket. But if you wreck the rest of the pyramid for whatever, well, it's, it's it's not without not without its merits that the open pyramid system has been discussed by the ECB for for how to how to repurpose the hundred. Mm. I do think there's merit in in recognizing that that you know there's a there is more than just those top teams are relevant to the health of the game in this country because fundamentally you're not going to catch India and you're not going to catch the IPL as the biggest market but you can be the best next best market in the world what's the next best team next best tournament in the globe behind the IPL I would argue it's probably I would argue English cricket is almost certainly the second best product in in the world because it has such opportunity to pump players through the system and you're not going to get that opportunity if you if you allow Leicestershire and Derbyshire and and Middlesex to wither. And nor will you get it if you just give them the opportunity to to sell their share of of the of the profits from the hundred and just take take short term gain. You know, oh, we can we can feather our nest for a little bit, get thirty million pounds in the short term, and you know have have a have a nice 
uh, nice deduction in our, in our membership fees for a bit. I mean, that's 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 not a way to run a system. It, it, collective collective buy-in is the only way to ensure English cricket remains strong. And there was always this theory that, uh, uh, that having a um, well, creating a new competition, whether it was hundred ball or a T Twenty city based um, tournament, would be the sort of thin end of the wedge. And and it kind of feels like we're actually that's where we are because the hundred bish uh, is is seemingly like the crown jewel now the the thing that is most valuable about domestic domestic game in england well, well it was obviously it, the ecb has to look after international cricket and, uh, you know because that's uh, test cricket is still very lucrative in this country yeah um but the, the hundred is becoming sort of front and center of the debate about where the county system goes you know as we're discussing now if it's an 18 team hundred system or 10 teams, you know, with uh, one added in Durham and one added down in the Southwest. Um, it, it, it's that competition. And the ECB wants to sort of get this lined up by the spring in order to vote it through for 2025. Uh, yeah, yeah. No one's really talking about how the county championship is central to that. Well, I mean, because it, it isn't, is it? <laughs> I mean, that, that's a simple thing. And, and the thing to say about the 100, it was created to be sold. Like, you know, even right down to the, you know, we, us, you know, we, uh, Miller, you were probably there as well, get this presentation at Lord's and then in the Oxo Tower. And one of the things that was always kind of dripped in is, um, you know, we've copyrighted the format. And you only copyright <laughs> For all those other countries that are going to yeah? take it up. And, yeah, but, yeah, but you only do that because you want to make money off it. Mm. Only they copyright 2020 cricket, eh? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> that would have solved a few problems. <laughs> yeah. Go back to. to Various pieces that have been referenced in the last couple of weeks uh, that you wrote, Miller. Mm. Well, your 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 Hampshire Wells thing. (laughs) Yeah, you know, you you have you quite literally have the receipts of of, you know. Well, I mean, to to, to go to drill down into that, we not actually mentioned that. It is fascinating, given given everything that's come out of Hampshire in the last few days, that there was this attempt in 2013, I think it was. So right at the start of all this, more than a decade ago now, which is a bit shocking, for. Hampshire to unite. I think they were they lined up with Melbourne. They lined up with Rajasthan. Lined up with Trinidad, and maybe someone Cape Town or something. There were there was basically five yeah. teams. I think it wound up in 2013. I think it began in 29. Maybe 2009, 2010. Yeah, that's that's yeah. quite yeah. possible. But either yeah. way, I remember writing about it at the time, thinking, well, this is a this is all very well, and I can see I can see the logic, but the game's just not ready for this. They, they, you know, <laughs> the, the the idea was to basically have have festival matches around the world, which yes. is basically where we're at now with 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 T20 franchise tournaments all around the world. Mm. So you know, Shane mm. Warne's going to rock up to to Dubai and and play play a festival tour tournament against our, our our fellow teams from Trinidad, Melbourne, Rajasthan yeah. and, and Hampshire. It's just like this is a non-starter, lads. I mean nice idea, but but get over yourselves. But the fundamental point there was they were ahead of the game in that they recognised that Rod Bransgrove's Hampshire was a PLC. They recognised the bricks and mortar of Hampshire was the most fundamental selling point over and above any membership structure that the rest of the counties had. It gave them first mover status and also means that now that they've got they've got interest from from Delhi Capital's investors to to buy them out. As I wrote in that piece, then the trouble is it becomes a land grab. There aren't going to be enough IPL franchises to buy eighteen counties. So if the if it means that the first first mover status goes to the big 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 boys get the opportunity, it sounds like you know, as far as I'm concerned, MCC and Surrey have decided you know what we're the big boys. We don't need to get someone from India to buy us out. We can we can be more massive in the global market on our own terms. Where does that leave, as I say, Middlesex? Where does that leave Sussex? You're not going to get a great deal of interest from from anyone outside of those big markets for the little boys, unless they just agree to to factor them into the into the discussions. But you know, again, going back to bricks and mortar, you look at you look at a, a map of London, say, just look at look at a look at a Google map of London, and look where the Oval and Lords are compared to say. Wembley, way out in the Stinks, or, or Highbury, or, or, or the, even the Olympic Stadium, or, yeah. or, or the Tottenham Hotspur's magnificent stadium in the middle of Haringey. It's not the same as having having a massive palace in St John's Wood, and basically a, a view of a view of the, the Houses of Parliament in, in in South London. I mean, the the brick, bricks and mortar that Surrey and MCC possess in the global game. It's pretty much unrivaled. I think, you know, I'd, I'd say Mumbai, perhaps uh, the, the 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 sheer positioning of of Mumbai's uh, stadiums is an equivalent. But there's literally nothing else like it. It makes them incredibly attractive, but it also 
comes with threat to the game if those two clubs in particular decide you know what we, we we're done with done with the rest of you we're, we're going alone here even just to riff off something miller said there lastly um if you throw forward we could be in a situation where a big county gets taken out by an ipl franchise and then that same ipl franchise buys a smaller team local to it which then creates you know all kinds of issues and conflicts of interest and stuff like that but might also be something that a short you know in the short term a county board who've been you know hand over fist for so long just think oh you know what, what the hell yeah let's just let's just take the money and leave well you look at sussex and the 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 the, the fuss that ali or and george garton and the exodus from from sussex who not so long ago were were overachieving county serial county championship winners mm. they they're just bugger off down the road to the to to, to the Aegeus bowl because you know they they know that they've got prospects down there that um that they just simply won't uh, won't have on their own doorstep anymore it's it, you're already seeing it. it it's incredible how quickly the the future creeps up on you it's uh, the future is here already we 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 be predicting it and and i think this year uh, in fact we had to do our predictions for what 2024 will hold i think you know as you do in the uh, around christmas time we what's going to happen and my prediction was this will be the year that club cricket supersedes international cricket as the real driving force of the game and the speed with which things are developed in you know rebellion the second week of january speed with things are un unraveling at the moment uh, makes me think that's uh, probably gonna come to pass even more quickly than i thought well, I, for one, welcome our new insect overlords. Um, there'll be more doomsday scenarios to ponder, I'm sure, in the weeks and months to come. As yeah, give, it, give it two weeks. Yeah, yeah. We've, <laughs> we've just started the, the year. Um, but I think that will do us for today. Um, England's test series against India gets underway next week. We'll be back beforehand to get Vish's take on the Hyderabad biryani scene. Hopefully with some sort of idea where we'll be able to watch the game. Uh, until then, my thanks to Miller and Vish and to you all for tuning in to the Switch It podcast on ESPNCricketPro.com. Hold up. 